to the August 28th edition of the PFF Forecast. I'm George, I'm joined by Eric, who's fresh off of wearing a pink tank top in Vegas. So we're going to have some stories from that. It's going to be exciting. We're also going to talk about some injuries that have happened in the preseason, whether to, um, you know, whether they matter or not. We'll talk a little Tyron Smith. We're going to follow up on Tom Brady's absence and whether or not I have been proven emphatically correct by his uh, by his comments that came afterwards. Um, and we're going to get Eric's thoughts on the sports betting industry after he spent 48 hours in, uh, in God's country in Las Vegas. Let's rock. tank top at the moment but you had what you called a pink tank top and maybe i'm colorblind but i would like the i would like our listeners to go to your tiktok and to to identify whether this what this uh tank top was all about because it, it was something interesting where did you buy it i want to say it was either like at your favorite store target or maybe the gap or something like okay. you know i was you know, I, I let fewer body image issues than I've had before. Also, like, I got to say, it's fucking hot everywhere in this goddamn country all the time. Sorry to swear, but like we go to you go to Vegas and it's like it, it's it's literally the sun is just trying to kill you there. And then yeah, I come home to Cincinnati. It's 98 degrees today. The the um, volleyball gym that my girls play at is not air conditioned and it's just like run by fans. And it's just like. My shirt is just like I'm sweating through my shirt. I'm like with other parents just sweating through their shirts. And I'm just like, you know, I get it now. I get it now why why, why these bros wear tank tops. I get it now. Um, I thought you were going to say it, It's more of like a salmon you get it. color than a pink color. I will say that. Okay, um, that's Not fair. that I have any problem with wearing pink. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was fun. I mean, I honest to goodness like did – the uh, VEASAN, so I, I was on with uh, our friend Tim Murray, uh, our friend Sean King, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, uh, was the backup quarterback when they won the Super Bowl in 2002. And I was legit wearing like a process over results t-shirt above a pair of like damp uh, swim trunks. Because like <laughs> we were out, we went to the, uh, there was, the funny thing is, and this is why like, as much, you know, this is why I went this weekend. It was like the last week to sign up for contests. And so like I saw I saw our friend Rob Pizzolo, who I know listens to the show. Rob had a very cool thing I wanted to talk about with uh, 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 Blackjack. It was really funny. Um, Sam Panionovich, who hosts the uh, Chicken Dinner podcast. Uh, Seren Petro, who uh, is a friend of the show. Um, he was there with his crew. We, we, they were at the Mirage. So we, we went swimming at the pool with them uh, one of those days. Um, and then, you know, and it was just, it was kind of a crazy, um, you know, it was a crazy collection of people, I would say. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting time because it's, it's still like in August, just like extremely hot there. And it's like, you know, to have something, you know, 
like a tank top that can actually like keep you somewhat cool is actually probably a good move. Plus EV, plus EV. I love that. Uh, I love that you're discovering tank tops at this at this time in your life. That's phenomenal. The thing with the Vegas heat that you point out is, yeah, it is hot. I would rather have that heat ten times out of ten than the volleyball gym without air conditioning in in Ohio heat. Let's just be extremely clear on that one. It's very important to note that those are two different types of hell, and uh, one is definitely way worse than the other. Which which contest did you sign up for? So we signed up for the uh, um, Westgate contest in college football was one. And we put one entry in that, and then we put three entries in the Circa Mega Millions. Um, we have a couple friends, uh, Ben and I, have a couple friends that like kind of want to, kind of want the sweat, but don't want to do the work. So like we kind of are gonna, you know, we're basically being free rolled on a couple of them, and then the college football ones can be interesting. Um, we had a hard time, so we went to the Oyo Casino to sign up for the uh, the Westgate or the the. Uh, this the first contest with college football. It took like two hours to do, which is, which was ugly. That's where I got the Rashawn Gary. I found a stray fifty to one to win Defensive Player of the Year, so I went ahead and bought that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. I ha- we haven't I haven't played in that contest since you and I went in 2018 and signed up. And even then, I was like incapacitated by the yeah. time we signed up for that contest. <laughs> this is your first time signing up, really. Yeah. I feel like I wanted to be blacked out the two hours it took for them to like get it all to work, but um, but yeah, it was it was a good time. I'm I'm looking forward to that part. Um, I still gotta say like I'm gonna say a lot of like negative things I think about Nevada sports betting. The experiences though, the well the atmosphere look, the atmosphere is amazing, right? Like Circa is this unbelievable. I don't know, um, you know the 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 guy who like you know came up with the idea. Um, not for Stadium Swim, but for the actual Circa Sportsbook as a Detroit fan. And the, the reason they have that overhang over the Sportsbook is because he wanted it to look like Camara Park or like old Detroit Camara Tiger Park, Stadium, yeah. which is kind of cool. And then they have, you know, the VEASAN, you know, uh, uh, studio right next to the Sportsbook and all that kind of thing. And, like, it, it's really well set up. Um, they're, they have a bar that's, like, extremely long but then it's like next to all the games and you know and that's like even different than the sportsbook part and then obviously stadium swim is amazing so that the the atmosphere for sports betting in nevada i don't think has ever been better the actual products that they offer all suck compared to sports betting offerings in all the other legal like not all other legal states but like a legal state with a freaking clue completely it crushes Vegas in terms of like the experience and the offering. You're talking about just betting like on an app. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even like, but but you like, I I ran it up on FanDuel last week when I was in Indiana for the Colts game, and I'm like, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to, get to go to Vegas here, and it was basically like, um, you know, oh yeah, you can't use the FanDuel app here. You can't use the DraftKings app here. And, you know, you can use some, like MGM, you can use there. And, like, like some of the existing situations you can use there. But you can't, like, like imagine being in Indiana and, you know, you, like, and again, this is very degenerate and very niche, but it's also where this thing is going. But imagine, like, FanDuel lets you bet on player props in the WNBA. It lets mm-hmm. you bet on uh, player props in CFL. 
uh, Bet Rivers and DraftKings lets you bet player props in college football. And I actually, my cousin Kyle actually messaged me after the, the show the other day, and he lives in uh, Omaha, which is close to Council Bluffs, Iowa, and it's mm-hmm. sort of he bets. And he was saying, he's like, by the way, Bet Rivers and, is, and DraftKings have started offering college player props now. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. And like Vegas doesn't. Like Vegas is Vegas doesn't offer like most of the places in Vegas didn't offer like an ex, like a, a, a anywhere close to sort of the volume of player props that you'd be able to do. And and this was the craziest thing. They had an FCS offering and they at the book I was at the MGM book at the Delano at the um uh yeah, it was, it was the Delano basically. And then mm-hmm. like then there were some ha- but uh, and then there were FCS and there were FBS offerings. There were the crossover games, so like uh, Western PA versus, uh, uh, or sorry, Austin PA versus Western Kentucky. But they wouldn't let a live. They wouldn't let you bet live, either at mm. the counter or on the kiosk. In and like the offerings were just like egregiously limited there, right? And, and in addition to the fact that it's brick and mortar, and you actually like legit have to like go up to the counter and then like. We, had, we, you know, Ben and I were doing the calculus of like, okay, should we bet this game because our flight's in a couple hours, and if it, you know, if it wins, we're not gonna be able to like cash it out and all this stuff. And that that the betting experience is not good in Vegas. It is, it's extremely, like I would say, recreational, but like, but very like, lowbrow recreational. If that makes sense. I mean, I think nothing explains that better than the attempts at making it more frictionless are nowhere near as frictionless as it is to do just about anything else in Vegas. I think that's the that's the thing that I like you can bet you can go play black think about how easy it is to play blackjack. <laughs> like they they will take your money in blackjack. All you have to do is show up to a table, put cash down, and you're done. Like you're ready to go and you're playing. The difference between that and betting on a, on a game uh, or, you know, in, in any kind of way that you want is there's a noticeable difference between, uh, between the two. Um, the creativity, I think, to what you're speaking about, the creativity of the offerings that are there is also one that reminds me of a place that is not leveraging technology well enough, right? Like to me, I think that's a huge part of it is you go to some of these other places that are new and they've had no choice but to but to bring new things to the table, right? Because they're they're innovating. And Vegas to a certain extent has said, no, we don't want to innovate. We kind of want to stay stay the same for lack of a better term. I mean you look at you went to Stadium Swim. I've talked about this many times. The fact that I can't open my phone and bet while I'm there and yet have to go down to a kiosk and like, you know, get a PhD in, in using this stupid kiosk in order to place a bet. Oh, not to mention I have to use the ATM that works half the time. Like that's bananas to me. Well, it, it's not even that, right? You can't, so <laughs> when you're in, and, and granted it's once you get into stadium swim, you can go back in, right? And you know, for somebody like me, relatively pale guy, like I don't sit out there for five hours in a row. Like I go back in, you know, you know, grab a drink, feel seen, betting, all that kind of stuff. But if you want, let's say you live bet a game, you can go up to the kiosk and bet it, but you can't cash your tickets out until you come back into the casino. It's ridiculous, and that's kind of nuts. And if you play blackjack, you can't cash your, you can, you can exchange money for chips, but you can't exchange chips for money out there either which is insane 
And and that's and and I think like and I and I mean no disrespect to Circa, I think Circa creates extremely sharp lines. I think they have a. I think Stadium Swim is as good of a betting experience or or atmosphere maybe as I, I say experience and atmosphere. When I when I say experience in this way, I mean like it's freaking cool, right? Like yeah. to sit next to a pool and watch all the games. The way to experience the bets like, you've placed. Yeah. Exactly, but then. The experience being like, I just want frictionless sports betting, and that's not necessarily like happening there. That is rough. Like the fact is, like some of the biggest names in sports betting, FanDuel, DraftKings, Barstool. I believe Barstool is also not available in Nevada. Mm-hmm. This is egregious, and and I can sum it up no more succinctly than this. When I'm at the, I'm I'm sitting there at any one of the sports books, and it was like three or four when I was there. And I'm sitting there, and our friend Josh Norris comes up on the TV in that that ad for Underdog Fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Love Underdog Fantasy, great a great product. I go to log into Underdog because um, you know I just want to like do a little like three dollar whatever uh, fantasy game, and I, of course you can't use it in Nevada, so it's like they're advertising for something that's illegal where you're sitting, and it's just like, and I you know. it's just like the state of the industry is of that ilk right now, right? Where it's extremely ambiguous as to what you can do. And, you know, as our friends, uh, you know, it's a very good podcast, by the way, circles off. If you want to go read, um, sorry, listen to uh, Pizzola and and Johnny uh, Capo from, from Betstamp. Um, They, they do a really good preview episode on, on the NFL. Like they're basically saying like, open up a ton of books, get a bunch of, you know, post up a bunch of places and, shop for the best line which is great advice even if you can't handicap to save your life you'll lose less at the very worst by doing that and i fear that like in the state of nevada it's actually extremely hard to do that (laughs) like um and and maybe by design but you know that that's where i think like the the industry is failing right now because it's like it's it's so ambiguous that somebody can't get ahead by using all the tools in their toolbox. Yes. Uh, and by the way, Circa does it better, has a better betting experience than any of the other books in Vegas. I mean, it's, it's a great point. And it's actually something, you know, frictional sports betting is going to happen at some point, right? And, you know, there's... It, where it happens, how it happens, who innovates on it. It's going to be very, very interesting. I like to think that we're going to be one of those places that, that does so. Um, but when you talk about like going around and shopping for the best line to lose less, it's interesting. I'll be very surprised to see how that manifests itself in frictionless betting. Because part of frictionless betting is people not wanting to do a lot of thinking and wanting to get skin in the game quickly like you did with the underdog thing and to me one of the biggest keys there is having technology that works wherever right like that's that's the big thing you know it's like how frustrating is it when you try to use a product and and you can't um before we move on it's a good time for us to talk about underdog fantasy because it's the best and easiest place to play fantasy football this summer the best thing about best ball i've used the word best many many times but that's because it is the best you pick your team and then you don't have to worry about who you're going to start who you're going to sit who you're going to pick up because the best players with the most points automatically 
get entered into your lineup every week and then you can win based on how good your team is that you drafted not how many times you remember to pick up a guy in waivers on tuesday evening i think that's the time god i can't tell you how frustrating that is for me get your chance at 10 million dollars in total prizes with best ball mania 3 and use promo code pff on your first deposit and get up to 100 dollars uh doubled with your sign up with promo code PFF. So deposit 100, get 100 uh, for free, add it on. And if you play 10 of those dollars, you get a uh, PFF plus subscription with promo code PFF, which is an incredible deal. It's a ridiculous deal. So go to Underdog Fantasy, and uh, there's only a few weeks left for NFL kickoff. So draft your team. Um, okay. Any other last thoughts from, from Vegas? I just want to say, you know, People are like, well, why didn't George go? What's George doing? It pained me. It really pained me. You know how much I love Vegas. You obviously said, hey, man, we're going to Vegas. Anyway, you can make it. I, I mean, the pain that I had seeing your social media, talking to you, obviously, hearing the different things that were going on, contemplating, could I hop on a flight? Could I do this? Um, but uh, it, it, was, it was true pain. I am going to try one way or another. I've got to sign up for um, the both. I usually do the super contest. I think I want to do the Circa Millions this year. It might literally be the day before the season starts, Eric. <laughs> that might be the only option to, for me. <laughs> you almost have to. And, and um, yeah, it's important. I, I think, um, you know, you, for the listeners to know, like you said, like we're, you know, you're especially this way, but like, we're not just podcasters. We we have other jobs at BFF, and and you're certainly, I think, if not one, of, obviously one of, if not the most important person there. So the, there is a, um, you know, there's just a time constraint. We're trying to get the, trying to make sure all the users are extremely happy with the app and all that. So um, I, I think that people will understand. Um, it was very interesting. So I actually went up to a um, an event uh, with our friend Rob. Um, and it was, uh, it was at the Circa and it was, it was interesting. They had a panel on sports betting and they had, hmm. you know, Derek Stevens, who, I, you know, sets the lines for, for Circa. He Derek was, Stevens, Derek Stevens, uh, owns the Circa Sportsbook and, uh, hotel. So sorry. Then there was, who was it then? I'm trying to remember who the odds maker was. It's an odds maker for Circa. It was extremely okay. smart and, and really well, really well spoken and then it was Adam Turnoff who is runs covers the website, um, and and he's great. I've been on his show a bunch of times. One of the more, I mean, the, the cool thing about sports betting is like the really successful people here. You know, like we talk about Rufus and Rob and and Adam and 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 you know folks like that. And it's like they're really thoughtful about how they answer things, and and they're extremely smart. Even and and they and in a world where like going 54, 46 will make you a lot of money, they like really understand the the two sides of it. Um, but the panel also included Brian Urlacher and Sean King. And I like Sean a lot. Like, he's a great host on Beeson. Where I think I consider him a friend. And, and But, like, the funny thing was they had this panel. And they they the questions that the people there asked, and they, you had them submit or whatever, um, the questions that they had them ask were incredibly – like they were almost all directed towards Brian and Sean and they were questions that Brian and Sean were like not equipped to answer. They were like, do, do fan, do, do 
Um, are there certain coaches that get worse calls than other coaches? Are there like literally data-driven stuff that like there's no way my brother in Christ, Brian Urlacher, has the answer to this question. And it made me think to myself, it's like there's still so much value in 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 creating evidence-based sports betting content because because the the zone is being flooded with this money right now and you know, I can't imagine what they paid Brian Urlacher to fly out to Vegas to do this like one hour panel, but it, it could not have been, you know, it could not have been like the most edifying thing for the people. Like if you ask Adam and, and Adam like gave away a couple of his plays and like he talked about his reasoning for them and he gave a really cool answer about how, you know, Sean McVay is a different handicap when he's ahead versus when he's behind. Like there were really good and thoughtful answers given by the people who actually do this. And then hmm. there was, Hey Brian, what do you think about uh, the, the, the NFL emphasizing legal contact? And he's like, man, I don't, you know, I think they should just call what's on the field. It's like, bro, like that's not what we care about. We care about if the overs are going to hit because they're, they're extending one drive per game more than they were a season ago. Like, and so, you know, I think that my takeaway there is just like there are extremely smart people in this industry and they're getting some of their due, like for sure. Um, but there's also like an appetite for entertainers in the industry. And I wonder like if that's ever going to go away or be be different. I don't know. It's it's a really good point. There's not it's not easy to find Chris Bennett, by the way, is the is the odds maker there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris is yeah. great. So I meant yeah. Um, a lot of really sharp guys that are that are making lines for Circa, obviously. Um, the the funny thing is that to your point, there's not a, a lot of the content in betting is extremely bad, um, but it's also it's a tough thing, right? Because it's like it's kind of what people want, so. And let me give you the example here. People want to bet quickly. They don't have a lot of time. They're looking for picks. They're looking for a sense of like, oh, this is a good pick. I'm you know betting with this person or betting with this person. And they feel a connection, a sense of community. They're more, um, you know, they're, the, the function that they're, they're looking to maximize isn't necessarily one that measures money made, right? A lot of it is engagement. A lot of it is, you know, um, do they feel a part of something that they want to be a part of, whether they're winning or losing, right? And so you get a lot of this content that doesn't include, you know, things that you actually want to learn as a better in an interesting and and, um, uh, convenient way. So it is a really, really good point where, you know, people would be more likely to go bet something with Brian Urlacher because he is Brian Urlacher than they would be to go bet with, you know, one of us or Adam or any of the Rob, any of the guys you mentioned, even if they have a really data driven position and they say, Hey, yeah, I think I have like a two or 3% edge on this play, like, you know, and explain it and talk about it and give their rationalization. And I think we'll get to the point where that won't be as much of the case. Um, I think investing was kind of this way as well, where um, it's, you know, I don't think it still has a little ways to go, but um, there's some similarities there. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, some of the, the NFL stuff that we've seen happen. So I want to bring up the Tom Brady thing again because Why? we had a good. You're right. Well, I think this proves a lot of my uh, a lot of my points. 
So I don't know if you saw the the clip while you were in Vegas, but Brady comes back to practice. They ask him about the absence in the press conference, press conference afterwards. And he goes, kind of exasperated, I would say. I got a little hint of exasperation from him. And he goes, you know, I'm 45. I got a lot of stick, a lot of shit going on in my life, man. You know, give me a break. And to me, that basically says, yeah, this wasn't a planned thing. Now, whether it was something that was Giselle driven or something that was family driven, like I think to me, this shows a little bit of the fact that it wasn't planned and that's fine. There's, I'm not saying this is wrong, by the way. I'm just saying that I think I was right in that this wasn't something that was planned when he unretired. And I don't think it, it doesn't make me worried about whether he's going to perform this season. Um, but I, I, I do think I'm right is what I'm saying. Are you in agreement? Have you come over to, to my side now? Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you, though, that I think like if the question becomes like if he does this, does this make you less likely to like them this year, though, because, you know, it's very clear that there are I wouldn't even say commitment issues like whatever the guy has earned this. Right. That's my whole like thesis on this is he's earned this. But does he um, does he give does he give you any more of like. He's not. He might not last the season vibes, or he might be no. bad vibes. Like, no. I mean, we might talked about. Bad. I mean, if you look at like the history of this league, like Brett Favre was ten touchdowns, nineteen interceptions his last year. Peyton Manning was twelve touchdowns, seventeen interceptions. I want to say or ten touchdowns. Dan Marino was twelve touchdowns, seventeen picks. Troy Aikman his last year, and again, I'm just using touchdown interception ratio because it's like everybody kind of knows it. And back then we didn't have PFF. Troy Aikman his last year seven touchdowns 14 picks like these guys like oftentimes for these quarterbacks the universe tells them that they're finished not that you know they don't normally opt into it themselves the way that John Elway did after winning two Super Bowls or you know Brady was going to after this year like that's that's really the sticky wicket isn't it yes but he he was going he was going to retire as the best quarterback in the NFL this past year from like a grading standpoint like I, right. you know i think that's the that's the difference is there's no if anything he's getting dare i say better in in some regards i mean his arm strength there's there's no issues to it it's not like he's ever been super mobile obviously his mind continues to be extremely sharp um so you know to to answer your question no i am not concerned and actually if i look at the opening um, week's game, which is Sunday Night Football, and they're playing uh, Dallas in Dallas. The part of that equation that I am worried about is the Dallas Cowboys, where the you know I think the biggest injury that's happened so far over the past week or so has been um, has been Tyron Smith, torn hamstring. He's out. Uh, Jerry Jones said that he could be back for uh, the playoffs if they make it. But now you look at that offensive line. Lyle Collins in Cincinnati was their right tackle last year. Tyron Smith now out. And you think back, we have bet against the Cowboys a few different times when Tyron Smith has been out, most notably the Falcons game where our guy Adrian Claiborne had like nine sacks because we, we thought that Tyron Smith wasn't going to last the game. He didn't By last the way, the game. can we can we pause? I know not everybody's listened to this show for that long, and this this that game predates the PFF forecast. Um, that was our lock of the week back when we used to go on 
the PFF NFL show and give out a 10-minute mm-hmm. segment, which you and I would spend 40 minutes on every single week. <laughs> That's it? Um, <laughs> that was the lock of the week. And that week, uh, I was visiting my parents in Minnesota. I was driving back to Wisconsin. And I was, and I believe that that game was on Westwood One. And so I was listening to Westwood One's coverage of the National Football League. <laughs> this is Tommy Ty. And I was listening to that, and um, and it was a classic Falcons game where the other team was just handing it to him on a platter, and like Matt Ryan would take a sack on third mm-hmm. down, and or or like Devontae Freeman would fumble into the end zone for a touchback. It was like the classic Falcons game, and I just remember you texting me, being like, "Shit." fuck shit like the whole time and i remember just texting him like george unless they're behind by like a touchdown or like three touchdowns like all you're doing is tilting me right now because they're ahead by like three scores despite how bad they're playing and like that was it was we the trials known. like back then the falcons had all the advantages in the world and we're still just like remember week 17 that year too we had that was like the that, w- that week was so bad because the, they put no game on sunday night football and 2017 that was your first mm-hmm. year heading that process up i remember that and the only game that kind of semi-mattered was at like four and it was carolina playing for a seed right and it or no carolina was the division champion that no carolina was in but the falcons had to win to get in the playoffs i think is what it was win or see um seattle lose and the falcons were like you know three four four point five so we made them lock a week and this maybe this is like you know, that was it. Like, we made the Falcons lock of the week like four times that year, and they were like three and one or something dumb. And my brother in Christ, that game was like 23-10. And, and the Falcons, was it was a 23-point Falcons effort that year. Somehow they made a meal out of having Julio Jones, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley, and like all those guys on the team. Matt Ryan still playing really well. Remember that year he led the league in drops on third down? It was oh, yeah. just like the most egregious – like like sweat like that betting them was just the worst sweat every single week and they would they pull it away back then and of course that was just a harbinger for things to come because they rip out our hearts the rest of the next like four years after that but like those were the good days i feel like the the they were, those were so pure even if they were uh falcons uh induced back, back to the cowboys <laughs> how concerned should we be uh about the cowboys and thinking thinking about this this opening game right you've got um Shaq Barrett 13th in PFF grade with an 81 last year has been a consistently really really good pass rusher will be over there on the on Dak Prescott's blind side who he'll be going up against I mean will it be uh let's look at at pff.com right now and see who's up next Josh Ball will it be Tyler Smith who they drafted to play guard on the other side you have um Terrence Steele he of a 60.9 PFF pass block grade. Zach Martin is amazing, but you look at the outside and at tackle, and it's not it's not good. It's not pretty. I I don't know, man. I I am concerned if I'm a Cowboys fan and as someone that has bet the the Bucks already in this Week One game, I feel pretty good about where I'm at right now. Yeah, I, I certainly with Joe Tryon, Shoyninka, and, and also Shaq Barrett, and then also the packages that, you know, I know that he's not calling plays anymore, but the blitzes that uh, the Todd Bowles defense likes to put mm-hmm. together, you also, frankly, don't have the wide receiver talent 
for the Cowboys outside of CeeDee Lamb that you had before. You're, you're basically asking Dalton Schultz uh, to be that secondary target in that offense, which is a, you know, we saw tight ends step up last year, namely, you know, Dallas Goddard as well as um, uh, Mark Andrews when things got bad for those teams. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. And I, I think, um, you know, Tampa, you know, starts out with Dallas on the road, and then they go to Saints on the road. I mean, if they start 2-0, and like, I mean, you know, pack it in for the NFC, right? <laughs> like, because uh, they host the Bucks, then Chiefs. So their first four are really tough. You know, at Cowboys, at Saints, home to Packers, home to Chiefs. After that, it's a, uh, you know, they play the Rams and the Ravens. And other than that, it's just like a complete cluster of teams. Maybe the Niners will be good by December. Um but man, like this first four games matters a lot for Tampa, and I fear, like, that's where it really is. Like, that's maybe where Brady is like looking and saying, "Look, I don't want to be like worn out by that time." You know, like I want to be fresh for these first four games. If they start the season three and one, like they're the one seed in the NFC, like <laughs> with a bullet. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're you're very right, and and the point about the receivers is also good. Um, I mean, it looks like. They're going to have a rookie out there with CeeDee Lamb and Jalen Tolbert. How good has he been in the preseason? Does it matter? No, Jamar Chase was awful in the preseason. It was amazing. I'm not saying Jalen Tolbert is Jamar Chase, but there's going to be some um, getting used to that receiving core for Dak. If he's also not being protected, then that's going to take a little bit longer, right? I mean, that's just Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter. So... I'd be concerned. I'd be I'd be very concerned. You don't have your two starting tackles from last year. You haven't made any meaningful upgrades there or, or investments there. And you're going against a defense that has a a really good defensive line, has one of the better blitzing linebackers in Devin White, has an aggressive defense, and Yes, Dak Prescott has been very good against the Blitz, has a better than 110 pass rating versus the Blitz, I think, last year. It's been increased every single year. He's phenomenal at that. But there are a lot of new pieces. So be, I'd be concerned. I'd also be thinking about the Philadelphia Eagles and um, you know wh- whether they might actually just be the best team in this division. Like I don't think it, war of attrition is, is real, and the Cowboys have lost Amari Cooper and, and Tyron Smith. Those were really, really incredible players. You know, maybe their second and third best offensive players from from last season, and Lyle Collins, who was probably top five and most important there. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where they get to. Are there any other injuries or notes from Week One as you look at the, or sorry, as you look at the Week One slate? Where you go? Yeah, actually, I don't know how serious this is, but TJ Watt was ruled out of this this like third preseason game with a knee injury against Detroit. Uh, that that would not that's be good. crazy. Our own Ari Merov posted this. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So um, I don't know what that does. I mean, you look. Watt might be the one one of the few defensive players that actually has value uh, beyond. Um, you know, a, a half a point or so there. We've seen like on. Yeah, we've seen it's that that numbers that that number has been taken down off a of circa or sorry not circa but um pinnacle, so that could be like you know Bengals minus six and a half in that game. You know, you might get to the hook there. Um, 
I mean, I think when you look at, you know, obviously, um, you know, some of these, I mean, you know, when you look at Jets, Jets, Ravens, that was one that wouldn't push out to seven. Joe Flacco has been, you know, fairly like ordinary looking in the preseason. And I think that that is an interesting one. You've seen the Chiefs move out to minus three and a half because they've had mostly an injury free preseason. And I think people wanted to see them kind of show something. Um, and, and I think finally you're getting some money on the Raiders because the Chargers lost J.C. Jackson um, and they've had you know, sort of other issues at times with things. Um, so, yeah, that, that's uh, that's kind of the tale of tape there. That's not good at all. Uh, T.J. Watt is injured. That's in really, a pre- really bad. The third preseason game, which is just like, what are you even doing there? Like, what, yeah, what do you find? You this, this is like an entropy problem. Like, how much information is actually being gathered by by – having Watt play in a game like that um, at all. Zero. There's, there's, no, there's no reason to play him in that game whatsoever, any way, shape, or form. Um, before we get out of here, uh, we have one more thing to talk about, but before we do that, um, you can get 25% off PFF Plus right now with promo code forecast, F-R-E-C-A-S-T. Also, um, I will let everyone know, we've talked about it a little bit. You can go download the PFF app right now. Go to the app store, type in search for PFF and it will show up there. You can download it. It's going to give you a lot of really cool things and a lot of things that are gonna be coming kind of quickly over the course of the season uh, for you to work on and, or not work on, for you to enjoy. I need to get more sleep, I think. Um, But we wanna hear how you like it, so go check it out and then let us know what you think, um, what's uh, confusing, what you're enjoying. All of those things are super useful and important. Um, and uh, yeah, you'll be able to get all of PFF's great content wherever you are with just a tap uh, on the PFF app. So go make that happen um, and uh, let us know what you think. Also, if you go to DraftKings, DraftKings will hook you up as well as we head into the season. You can get ready for NFL week one by doing the following. Let's say that you have not signed up for DraftKings yet. Now is probably the time for you to do it. Use promo code PFF when you sign up. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets uh, instantly. Those are issued in uh, $200 worth of $25 free bets. So you bet $5 and then you get eight $25 free bets, which is awesome. You can go play some on whatever the hell you want. Use PFF to make sure that you get the best uh, options. Obviously, I would say some player props might be a good uh, move for you. And of course, our player props tool never disappoints. My favorite thing on the site and will be in the PFF app as soon as player props are made available. Um, so go to DraftKings or the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PFF when you sign up. Take advantage of this awesome offer. Bet on any single football game five bucks and get all of those free bets automatically in your account. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Get those $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet. You don't even have to win that bet. You just place that bet. That's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here's my favorite part. In Tennessee, Call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In New York, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 
per new customer, minimum $5 deposit and wager, $200, as I said, issued as eight $25 free bets. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get rid of all the reads here. We're gonna talk about Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, which is a uh, basically stock exchange, if you will, for um, sports teams. You can buy stock in different sports teams and then see it rise and fall based on how those teams are performing and you can collect a dividend payment from Symbol, that's S-I-M-B-U-L-L. Uh, go download the mobile app on your iOS device by searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the App Store. Use the code forecast and receive a free team stock valued at $150 upon signing up. You can join many, many very smart, enjoy, uh, sharp people out there. Again, speech, not my number one uh, skill uh, on Symbol where they are trading their favorite teams and capitalizing on their hypotheses at symbol s-i-m-b-u-l-l okay um somehow made made it out of that made it kind of you're much better at that than me though like let's uh so i think that the listeners have to sort of like be able to appreciate how much better you are at that than me um it's sort of like uh how do i say this like you're i'm sort of the like the change of pace running back on those that averages five i'm the tony pollard who oh, averages no. like 5.5 yards of carry on those. And you're yeah. the Zeke who yeah. like just consistent people bite on your play action better. You are tougher and, and you, but your efficiency isn't as good because you have the volume. You have to deal with the volume, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a, there's something to that where I think that like the football intelligentsia misses out on the whole, like, you know, Oh, this guy's great in a backup role. It's like, yeah, but that's because like the, <laughs> by definition, like he wouldn't get those, backup touches if he was ass and 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 so he does get them because he's not ass and like the efficiency is better right like and if you increase volume efficiency goes down look at tom brady tom brady's yards per pass attempt is like in the sevens um versus you know somebody like her cousins who's in like in the eights but that's precisely because the bucks ask him to throw more and, and there's value in that ask right so there's value in you ask, having to write those re- or uh, say those reads Thank you. Appreciate it. That makes me feel better. Okay, we're going to close out here with um, a few uh, week one games that we still like. If you haven't listened to the last podcast, we talked about week one. But we know that people are coming online and checking things out as we get closer and closer to the season. So we want to make sure that we keep um, mentioning these. And lines have moved um, over the course of the, the off season, obviously, and the past couple of weeks. Seeing the Colts get out to 8.5, um, our Niners minus seven now they were six and a half um your our chiefs minus three and a half they've people have been very impressed with the chiefs in in the preseason um the denver broncos now six and a half point favorites total of 42 on monday night football geno smith uh, announced to be the starter i am assuming that two-point move was not a drew lock from geno smith move um, but that one is interesting it opened four and a half it's now six and a half um, where where are you going right now if you're looking to bet week one? Uh, where are some of the spots that you like? Yeah, pff.com backslash greenline backslash NFL. If you were on pff.com backslash greenline backslash NCAA, yesterday we were up 2.23 units, which is always pisses me off because we were up like six units halfway through, and then uh, I was wrong about Charlotte, and I was wrong about Hawaii. Both teams... Uh, we're short. We're like a touchdown underdog. Both got absolutely hammered. I will say your 49ers, Chris Reynolds, got hurt 
after throwing a touchdown the first drive of the game, and uh, they put two backup quarterbacks in who were legit worse than me. Um, so that I'll I'll, I'll uh, give that one to the game. One guy threw a pick six with two seconds left in the half, uh, so that was a backbreaker. Um, they were so bad that they put an injured Chris Reynolds back in in the second half to try to like stabilize things, and that didn't work. Hawaii was just like, you know, a, j- a joke. They got up seven nothing too, but uh, after that, I think. Uh, the Commodores put up like 56 unanswered. So, um, anyway, pff.com backslash greenline backslash NFL. Uh, I'll say this. Here's a couple I like. Um, I'm going to fade, I think, a little bit of the pro-Jacksonville narrative on this one because this one has dropped to minus three. I'm going to take the Commanders minus three against the Jacksonville Jaguars. On opening day, I know that this is a revenge game for Carson Wentz, uh, who, and I think the NFL is genius for putting them against the Jaguars week one. Mm-hmm. Um, Wentz played like hor- Wentz played horribly. Played the Indianapolis Colts out of a playoff spot in week six, eighteen last year. Uh, he gets the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars will be much improved, but I think even without Chase Young, um, offensive lines better. Um, Jaguars are counting on Trayvon Walker, who I, I just don't think is going to be that good. Um, Devin Lloyd at linebacker as well uh secondary is not great still and washington comes at you with some pretty damn good receivers um so uh and and a good defense and i and i don't think jacksonville has put together the weapons that i think they necessarily believe they do now jaguars are a team that's going to try so unlike chicago versus san fran you do have to like you don't have to bake in whether or not jacksonville cares Mm -hmm. um they'd care uh, they're like under the cap or they're over the cap next year. Like this is the year that they want to compete. So that's the only like thorn in that one. Uh, but I like Washington laying the three on opening day in Landover against the Jaguars. Look at you showing so much growth by coming over to the commander's side after you hated them so much last year. A couple of, isn't uh, couple that, a, but isn't that the sign? Like, I think that that's the point. Like we're not betting like this is, I think, this is a thing that a lot of people who aren't necessarily sharp say, but it's true. You're not betting teams. You're betting numbers, right? Like, the numbers have just been, you know, if, if, if Jacksonville was opening up last year against Washington, what would the spread have been? Seven. I, right, because Washington was a one-point underdog last year. It was basically a pick 'em. It was like in that sort of one minus one to plus one range against Los Angeles Chargers last year at home. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, let's even let's even like, and again, these these points aren't aren't all worth the same. So take that with a grain of salt. But like, would you say the difference between last year's Chargers and this year's Jags is four points? No. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's a little bit bigger than that, folks. And, and so that's kind of where I am on this. Like, it's all about – and there aren't that many edges to be had in the NFL. The edges that you have in the NFL is believing that, you know, not only the media, which is what was true about Washington last year. Like, the media, you know, certainly pumped that team up. But it also has to be a, a little bit of the sharp betting groups because the numbers don't move off of what our friend Mina Kimes says on ESPN. They move based upon what – you know, our, our friends who bet big amounts of money do. So you, that's where I'm like, where my, my theory on Washington is just like, 
they're a very underrated team in the NFC, and there are other underrated teams in the NFC, namely Detroit and Minnesota, who the media love now, right? Like, mm-hmm. you think about the number of glowing things being said about Detroit, and Min- and I'm to blame for the Detroit one, and then Minnesota are such that the, those teams aren't a value right now. Like, n- they're not. Like, the, the value's been sucked out of those teams. In fact, if anything, I would probably take Philly in week one if you can get – if it ever got to minus three, I don't think it will. But that—that's kind of where I am in Washington. You just we—you bet teams, not you don't you don't bet teams. You bet the numbers on the teams. You bet the implieds on the teams. And in this case, I think the implieds are way too uh, unfavorable to Washington. Agree. Couple that that I like that I've talked about uh, a few times. So I'll mention again. I think we mentioned this last week. Cleveland, uh, so Carolina, uh, they've you know named Baker Mayfield there. He had a nice preseason game. I love nothing more than uh, fading a little bit of preseason success. Uh, and the Browns are starting Jacoby Brissett. No one's excited about that. But the Browns are a much better team across the board than Carolina. Um, and you're getting plus money. You can bet them on the money line right now. I also like over 41.5 there. Um, again, I like a lot of overs. 41.5 in San Francisco and Chicago. Uh, in Chicago, Justin Fields has actually looked, um, you know, decent, and he's going to run. He's going to—he's one of those guys that you know he's not going to give up. They're obviously going to keep trying in that game, even when Chicago, San Francisco gets out to a nice three-touchdown lead with future MVP Trey Lance. Bucks uh, minus one and a half in Dallas, uh, over fifty and a half there as well. Is one that I like, um, and uh, there there still are some teasable numbers out there. Um, you know, one that the, the Ravens are minus seven in New York against Joe Flacco. I don't know if anyone saw Joe Flacco's throw today, but it did not inspire confidence. I would be concerned uh, about the Jets and Joe Flacco going against Baltimore um, in that game. I know you're not getting through seven, but from seven to one. Um, you also have the Niners that you can get down um, from seven to one. Um, so there's some opportunities out there. Colts, you can take down to two and a half. That's probably the best uh, teaser line that's out there, yeah. Yeah, that, I, yeah, and, and if you want to, uh, if you want to tease favorites, it's 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 you know your Niners, your Ravens, your Colts, and Bengals. Now, three of those teams are road teams, and one and, and two of those games are, you know, basically divisional rivals in Week One, which almost which you know there are surprises, right? Like last and and this wasn't a divisional game, but like, you know, we had Pittsburgh plus seven at Buffalo. I guarantee you, Buffalo money line killed a lot of teasers last year, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, just just be careful about those um, those ones. I, I will say, and I'm not going to give out any more because we have you know weeks worth of shows. In fact, like next Sunday <laughs> there are no. NFL games, they're they're giving the teams a buy, which I think is extremely good idea by the NFL. Um, but like we like a lot of overs, and you know, there, here's here's the thesis on it, right? So like last year we made all the green line models we made with assuming 2018 was the league wide scoring environment. We have remained with that assumption, even though we did see decreasing in scoring last year. We saw scoring go down like two or three points, maybe more last year. I, I got to put the numbers in front of me, and that was in large part due to home field advantage, which we think will only, you know, sort of get, you know, strengthen, I guess, uh, relative to uh, 2020 uh, in the COVID year where offenses on the road were actually slightly more efficient than offenses at home. But 
at the same time, you, you do have the, the, the talkings of illegal contact being called more mm-hmm. often. If that, if that happens, you know, a drive in the NFL is worth like two and a half points, right? Or it depends upon the, the team, but one and a half to two and a half points. If you extend one drive or one drive every two games, then the end result of that is, you know, uh, a, a point more, right? On average. So that that's that's something I'm think you know we're baking in indirectly here. Um, once we have our simulation up, we can bake that indirectly. But like we're baking that in indirectly there. Um, that's why we're on a little bit more overs. And then the totals are just lower, right? I mean, you look. I mean, last year, you know, you had totals in the you know high 40s, 50s, kind of all, all around. That was in vogue. And you know, Buffalo, LA is 52. You know, Kansas City, Arizona is 53. I actually like over there just because, you know. I think Arizona's defense is going to be terrible. Kansas City, I think, will have a good defense, but I'm almost always wrong about that. So uh, I think over there will probably will, will probably hit. Um, but you look here, you know, you, New England, Miami is 45 and a half. New Orleans, Atlanta is 42 and a half. Baltimore, New York is 44 and a half. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati's 44 and a half. Jacksonville, Washington's 44. Indianapolis, Houston's 44. You said Cleveland, Carolina's 41 and a half. San Francisco, Chicago's 41 and a half. Um, Giants Titans is 44 and then Denver versus Seattle's 42 and a half those are low totals right like if you've mm-hmm. got a total like that in 2020 I mean it would almost be an auto bet over unless you were dealing with like the Mason Rudolphs of the world right yeah it's a it's a a bunch of low totals and we'll talk about this more next week as we'll probably see a, a bunch of new um, or returning members of the printing press joining us as we get closer to the season and um we'll talk we'll talk much more uh in depth about week one we'll be able to talk about um some contest picks uh as we get closer to the season as well talk more about the assumptions that we're making in the models that you are getting on pff.com and the pff app so um it'll be a lot of fun we will see you guys all on wednesday enjoy the last week of preseason football and get your rest in so that you can hit the season uh, in, in good shape. Hopefully the best shape of your life. We love you. We'll talk to you. See you.